Welcome to the VoiceOver Hustle. If you're in the business, you know voice acting is tough. Marketing your voiceover is really tough. If you're a voice actor who wants advice from industry professionals, marketing experts, and people who hire voice actors, this is the podcast for you. Now here's your host, Steve O'Brien. You know, I always love the expression, marketing takes a day to learn and a lifetime to master. Uh, Today, we're lucky. We are going to chat with a master marketer. She is the CEO and Mama Bird at Little Bird Marketing. They are the home of, I love this, cage-free thinking and the creators of SOAR, a digital content marketing program for predictable lead generation. Now, that stands for Strategic organized, accountable, and repeatable. I love all four of those. She is also the host of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. She also consults on digital transformation, and they offer courses akin to Couch Potato to 5K, but this is for LinkedIn. Priscilla McKinney, Welcome to the VoiceOver Hustle. Steve, thank you so much for having me. It's been nice to uh, to be colleagues with you for so long, but now to end up on your podcast. And also, how do you take it? I mean, your podcast with your voice, come on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you already got the quality, just knocking it out of the park. <laughs> well, you are too kind. Um, let's, let's focus a lot on LinkedIn because that's one of your specialties. Do you need LinkedIn premium services or can you do free? Oh, I love that. That's such a great question. People ask me that all the time. And my answer, the the short version is no, don't pay for things. <laughs> I'm cheap. <laughs> but and then people like to point out, well, you do have premium, but let me tell you why. I truly feel in marketing, do everything you can that is free, especially on a platform like LinkedIn, where another company completely paid to create a 720 million strong user platform that is just an open invitation to you. So use what you've got. And if you find that you're doing particular things and you're coming up against a wall and you're not able to do the thing that is really revenue generating for you because there's a limitation with the free then consider getting the paid service. And, and and that then is very purposeful for why you're spending the money. And you also then know that you will get a return on that investment. So when you talk about hitting walls, uh, what kind of walls can you hit when you're using LinkedIn free? Well, you can't see all of the people who mm-hmm. are looking at your profile. Yeah. You get the last five and you're just not getting a lot of intel. Yeah. But I honestly think that doesn't matter quite as much. Um, There's so much stuff to do before you get to the point where that is actually limiting you. Mm -hmm. And I like to stress to people, they need to develop solid, good habits and do them consistently, learn what's working for them before they just keep going and trying fancier, fancier things. And to that point, I'll give you one for example, and hopefully this would be a strong takeaway anybody listening could do. A lot of people get on LinkedIn and think, yeah, but I need these premium services because then it'll open up and I can connect to more people and it, 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 it lets you get into groups and, you know, there's, there's a lot of interesting things. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the reality is, is that people are often chasing that new next big client, like the, you know, the elusive unicorn. Yeah. And I find that many times they have their next big sale in the actual connections they already have, but they have not created habits mm-hmm. that really are what I would call a duty of care. And they haven't really cultivated and taken care of the people who are mm-hmm. already a part of their sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. 
so they're basically trying to sprint to the next person instead of doing running the marathon with the people they already have in their connections. That's such a great that great point, and also it's like the old adage of stepping over a dollar to pick up a penny, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. How much time do you think you need to devote to LinkedIn on a daily basis? If you're, you know, you've got auditions to do, you've got jobs, you've got a voice, you've got the kids you got to take care of. So how much time should you be putting into LinkedIn? Well, the first thing I like to tell people is whatever it is you're going to put into LinkedIn, it needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no mystery. Everybody knows that if you want to lose weight, you eat less and you get moving more. Yeah. But nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> there is an entire billion-dollar industry because nobody wants to hear that. Um, and the reason why people are successful online or on LinkedIn or Twitter, doesn't matter where they are, for a moment is because you can flail about and you can get stuff done, right? But the question of whether it's sustainable and whether it gets to what we believe to be, you know, the the real gold standard, which is predictable lead generation, predictable revenue, is if you are being consistent with what you're doing. So I tell people, you know, I think 15 minutes a day is great. You need to start with mm-hmm. maybe 15 minutes three times a week until you build up. Now, if you're in sales directly and you might be the only person in sales or really, you know, pitching yep. your own wares, yep. then I think you need to think about a little bit and build up to something a little bit better. Like, for example, maybe 15 minutes a day and on Friday, maybe you have a half an hour in there for prospecting okay. or maybe as you build that muscle, then, you know, don't skip leg day. <laughs> then <laughs> you come back around maybe three weeks later and add a little weight. And I don't mean add a weight I want to be very clear about this. Don't go put on your calendar an hour of working on LinkedIn. Okay. That is a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you put something on your calendar first, I believe, you know, plan your work. So go put it on your calendar. Not, oh, I'm going to do LinkedIn on Thursday. No, no, no. It better be on your calendar. Yeah. And it needs to be for that 15-minute increment. And in the notes section, it needs to say what you are doing that day. What is the goal? Mm. So sit down and plan your next two weeks out. Even if in that next two weeks, there's only six times that you're going to sit down for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and decide what you're going to do in those six 15-minute increments so that when you get there, there's no brain power needed. You're going to sit down. You're going to do what's on the 15-minute calendar item. And that is going to build a muscle and a habit. Yep. That makes total sense. Not only do you want to schedule, you know, on Thursdays, that's when I do my marketing on LinkedIn, but I'm going to do it at 1215 until 1230. And here are three things I'm going to do. Exactly. Exactly. What three things do I want to do? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that that's really interesting. Um, I think, it, like I said, you know, earlier, this phrase that I really love is this duty of care. Yeah. Before I go out and I ask for things, I like to give and I uh, like to listen, right? Yes. So, um, so I think one of the strong things that people forget all the time is you think about the most ideal client that you have. Somebody maybe you even want, you know, maybe you have mm-hmm. on a wish list. And instead of going out and be like, hi, I'd like to connect. I'd like to, for you to buy from me, right, which is mm-hmm. old school sales. Yeah. Instead, maybe we go look at their feed and we listen to what they're interested in. And maybe we join in on a conversation there. And so people underestimate the power of going and commenting on other people's posts. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way, the, 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 the great analogy I use is that social media is a cocktail party. And if people would use it that way, it would not have that salesy, slimy, gross approach. Mm-hmm. Because at a, at a cocktail party, you walk up to a conversation. So you don't stay over at the door and scream, hey, everybody, come over here and talk with me. 
You wouldn't do that in a cocktail party. Don't do it online. Walk over to where someone else is having an interesting conversation and don't interrupt. <laughs> you yes. listen for a minute and you say, oh, yeah, I also think that that is such a good point. So and so. And also, oh, I'd like to bring Steve over here to this. Con- he would really like this conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve, come here. Listen to this. And this is how we should interact on social. And so a lot of times people just get to it and they start at the wrong place. And I think if we started instead by a little bit of social listening, a little bit of social adding to the value, a little bit of commenting, then that would get us going in the right vein. Yeah, don't become an overshare right away. And don't, I see this a lot, don't hijack a topic. If someone yes. is, is, is proud of something they've done, don't bring in your videos and, and your stuff and say, well, look, I did something similar. That's not, that, you know, respect <laughs> the topic that is being yeah, talked about. Absolutely, add to, add to the topic. Like, you know, it's not just about, you know, commenting on someone else, but even maybe asking a really poignant question and saying, why yeah. did you do that? And tell me more about it. And did this work for you? Mm. Do you get contacted by people that that offer you free stuff that they could do for you as, you know, and do you find that attractive? You know what? I don't find it attractive. Um, I typically don't really have much value for free. Um, mm-hmm. I think if it's really great, um, then it's worth everything, you know, that I should pay for it. The issue for me is a lot of times people come at me and offer me free stuff before they even ask me what I might be looking mm-hmm. for. And so I feel like they're kind of like throwing things at me without really any concern for who I am as a CEO of a company, what I might be facing. And that's kind of comes to the challenge, to the listening and starting real conversations. I wouldn't mind if someone said, you know what, Priscilla, I know you're on the fence about this. If I did this one piece of spec work, you know, what would you think? But I definitely wouldn't necessarily go out and offer it. And I certainly wouldn't send it to somebody unsolicited because to me, I, you know, I manage a whole, you know, room full of creatives and people downplay what we do all the time as if it's not yeah. worth it. Oh, it's just, you know, it's just, just Photoshop it. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It's a lot of work to think about an idea and create it. And you're, a, you know, you're a talent, you're a creative and your work is, is worth the, the pay. And so I don't mind if someone asked me, hey, you know, in order, I know you're on the fence and in order to try it, what if I did this small project for you and you got to listen, I didn't charge and we see where it goes. I think that is an appropriate response if I've indicated that I'm looking for that Mm -hmm. thing. But just to throw free things at me basically tells me that that person does not value their time Mm -hmm. and also didn't do the work and value my time to find out if I was even interested in it. It's like people send to me all the time, here's our website. I'd like for you to take a look at it. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I get paid to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't need another job, and I especially don't need an unpaid job. Well, uh, I think it's almost kind of like clickbait in a sense, and that someone's like, yeah, here's here's a free thing I'm going to do for you. And then you feel a little obligated because, one, you don't have a relationship with that person yet. Right. And they, and they don't know what your need is. Exactly. No, that is exactly the point, Steve. And I think it's about yeah. just calming everything down and just having a conversation. Wow. I like that, that the calming down and, and also the idea of going to a cocktail party and you're meeting new people and you're kind of walking around the room and asking questions. And that makes a lot of sense when it comes to social media, because it is social. And in, in that, if you, you know, if you're listening to what other people need, think about a cocktail party. Sometimes you do talk about some accomplishments you have, or, Oh, I'm very good at that. Mm -hmm. 
okay, that's not that weird, right? <laughs> because it's, it, you know, it's within context. But when someone just hands me something, yeah. you know, that they did that's highly skilled and it's it's free, I get to wondering like, what, what what's going on here? Like, I can't quite put it into context. Yeah. What are some ways that you think is best to approach someone? You mean just like for sales, developing a really, like really, really getting yourself out there and getting that next sale? Yeah, I think getting out there and developing relationships first and then going that, you know, will ultimately hopefully lead to a sale. Yeah, yeah. Well, one strong anchor that I have that I'd like to remind people is, you know, build a network. But here's the thing. You don't always sell to your network. You sell through your network. And so the way that you treat people, the way that you show up online, the intentions that you have, the integrity that you come come to it with, your ability to visibly and overtly help people basically inform your pool of people <laughs> about who you are, what you're up to, how you approach things, and really how you value people. And so you, you know, you keep building that network and taking care of them because guess what? Someone else is going to ask them, hey, do you know anyone who blah, 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 right? And you want to have seeded that for a long time. However, (laughs) there is not this, you know, loosey goosey, I don't know, just be a great person and people will come find you. That's, that's crap too. Okay. We have to be very measured. We have to be very uh, focused on what we're trying to do in order to create a predictable revenue stream. So you do have to have a plan Mm -hmm. and you do have to actually ask those questions and you can't just constantly just, oh, I hope word of mouth, you know, works. You have to sometimes load other people's lips. You sometimes need to ask really probing questions. Mm -hmm. It's just that I think you earn the right to do that when you also do things that are helpful to other people. But you can't just go out there and just be helpful, helpful, helpful and say, well, someone will bring it back to me. That's very Pollyanna. And while I wish that's how life were, um, you know, it's not like that. And we need to remind people, hey, you know what? You really enjoyed this article I wrote. And um, and I'm just curious, would you, would you want to talk about, you know, what I do? And how about this? Let's get 15 minutes. You talk for five minutes about what you do. I'll talk for five minutes about what I do. No selling. Let's just be people and let's see where that goes. Uh, I like that. I like that. Because one, you're kind of putting a time limit on things too. Exactly. Because your time is valuable. You can't just go out on social and just give, 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 give. You have to get, but you have to lead with giving and you have to know why you're out there. And when you do get that opportunity to get, you need to be clear. Like when someone, I say, well, what could I do to help you? And people go, oh, I don't know, just, you know, and I'm like thinking, ah, lost opportunity. I'm very connected. You should have asked me for something specific. Yeah. If someone comes at you and says, what can I do for you? Yeah, you got to have that answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you use social media schedulers as a part of your plan to uh, or your strategy when you are posting your stuff and then and then including in your goals, you go on and then react to other people's posts? Right. Okay. So you really do want to get as many things automated as you possibly can, Mm -hmm. but you have to be very clear about what you're automating. There's some caution there. 
as far as our company is concerned, we are HubSpotters. So we we use the marketing automation software that is HubSpot. Mm-hmm. And we also believe, obviously, in our system SOAR, strategy, organization, accountability, repeatability, right? It's beautiful how you, how you put that out. And, and I appreciate you, you know, talking a little bit about what we do. But that's also something someone can crib from me from this conversation. Let's say you never work with Little Bird Marketing. You need to do those marketing um, um steps, but you need to do them in that order. So do not start organizing things before you have a strategy. Don't decide how you're going to spend that Thursday on LinkedIn until you have the strategy and you've organized it. (laughs) Like you can't just jump in somewhere else. Don't ask someone, hey, what metric should I be going for? How many leads should I have? That's an R. That's a repeatability. We don't know that yet. Start with the strategy. And so I always tell people, find out who your most ideal client um, is. And in fact, we have a free resource on littlebirdmarketing.com on our resources page that is a workbook that will walk you through questions about who your most ideal client is. Find out who they are, write all of your content that shows your love for them and your understanding of them. And that's how you care for those people. But how does that relate to a scheduler? As long as you have strategy in place, there's no reason why you can't automate some things because there is a lot of things that are evergreen content. If someone ever asked me, should you buy LinkedIn premium or should you get the free version? I'm going to answer the same thing, whether it's Tuesday or it's Mm. eight months from now. (laughs) So I can trust that that's a part of my strategy. I have solopreneurs who ask me that question all the time. That's valuable to, you know, a, a, a end client. And so I'll formulate that statement or that information, that helpful tip. And I can go ahead and, and create that post once a month on Twitter from here to next year, because that's not going to get old, right? Yeah. And that will take some pressure off of me. But what I don't want to do is obviously things that are very timely and rely on a uh, scheduler for that. And I also want to free up my time to do what you said, which is go out and comment and really start interesting, great conversations. So, sorry, longer version of the scheduler. So for me, for my company, we use uh, the HubSpot scheduler for everything from Twitter to LinkedIn Mm. to Instagram, everything. For me personally, the only time I will use it is on Twitter because you cannot (laughs) overtweet. I could have something 20 times a day. It's fine. But with LinkedIn, I only post one time a day unless I'm at a very specific event that where there's something very timely happening. Mm -hmm. My general rule of thumb is one time a day on LinkedIn. I don't want to automate that. And the specific reason I don't want to automate that is two things. Number one, I want the opportunity to tag people and companies in it. And most automated schedulers only allow you to tag companies and you would lose the ability to tag people, which is how you basically tap on Mm -hmm. someone's shoulder and say, hey, let me tell you this. So I want to use it for that. The other piece of the scheduler, um, why you know I would not use it um, for for my personal, is also I need to make sure that I have the time to nurture that post. On LinkedIn, I usually post at nine in the morning, and as a general rule, because I know about my nine to ten is about my freest hour of the day, mm-hmm. and I can get the post going and get some traction going, and then I've got to take care of it, and it needs to be taken care of in that first hour in order to get traction. And then I can go ahead and go about my day. But if it's worth posting, if it's worth composing uh, and taking the time to get a graphic and use hashtags and everything else like that, then you need to not just set it and forget it. You need to think about who should be invited to the conversation and do a little work. So a scheduler can be beautiful Mm -hmm. as long as you know why you're using it and how you're using it. 
each of the social medias are a little bit different. So if you're on Instagram and you're on LinkedIn and Facebook, and I think Twitter's in its own universe, so I'm just going to leave that <laughs> out. But um, will you use the same post for all of those different uh, social medias, or do you like to customize them according to each of those uh, different social medias? That's a great question, Steve. You really do need to customize it. They are different audiences mm-hmm. on those different places. And also, it's not just that sometimes it's a different audience. Let's say it's the same person, but they're in a different mind state when they're on Facebook than when they're on LinkedIn, uh, right? Okay. So you really want to talk differently to someone. You know, when I'm, um, let, let's say when I'm on Twitter, I'm usually more often kidding around and not, I don't have my calendar in front of me. I don't, I'm not really in a scheduling mindset. I'm mm-hmm. not like uh, vetting a new vendor. I'm more just shooting the shit or I'm trying to find out what's going on, um, you know, right up to the minute. Um, but when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm more mindful and yeah. I'm more, um, I'm more contemplative and I might be more relational. And so thinking about how that post is going to hit me is, is very is very key and then there's also things about hashtags um, and keywords that you need to be mindful and the biggest thing I'd say about that is um, you know the big difference between something like Twitter and LinkedIn is that Twitter is a public network LinkedIn is private yeah so if you want to be famous like out there in the big wide world you need to be on Twitter because that's the only Google can search Twitter for what you're saying, but Google cannot search or scrape LinkedIn for what you're saying. Yeah. So think and be mindful of that. And I guess the last thing would be hashtags are used very differently on all different platforms. So you need to know what those best practices are. And so the, the one thing about LinkedIn that strikes me and correct me if I'm wrong here, you're, you're almost buying a platform when you're on uh, LinkedIn versus like you said, Twitter the, is the universe. It's everything. Anybody can follow you. Uh, and and like if you want to get famous, Twitter's a place to go. But is is LinkedIn more relational than what you would with some of the other uh, social medias? Well, that's interesting you say that. I think if you want to be you know more wide world famous, but for me personally, I'm pretty famous on LinkedIn. It's just in a smaller pond. Yeah. And actually, I find that to be far more beneficial. And I don't think I'm being egotistical when I say, yeah, I'm an influencer on LinkedIn. I'm pretty famous out there, but I'm famous in this small pool that I've created and a yep. niche that I've really I've cultivated this, you know, this uh, this community. Yep. Um, and I do ask people and bring people into that community and con- continually grow it. Um, so it takes a lot longer to do it, but it's far more meaningful to me. And again, I just kind of come back to people and say, before you get on social, just think about your goal because Uh no one social thing is the silver bullet and no one one marketing action is going to work for you before you you decide what action you're going to do go to the s go to the strategy who are you trying to reach and where are their eyeballs Uh i don't care if you prefer twitter if you prefer linkedin you prefer facebook i really don't care if you're trying to get business you need to think about what does your most ideal client prefer I always jokingly say that if you're on LinkedIn, it's prospects. If you're on Twitter, it's more suspects. But (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's just me. Uh, What are three things that you need to avoid? What are the no-nos that you just you can't get past? Hmm, That's interesting. Um, Well, first of all, uh, don't connect with someone, and then the very next thing you send them is a sales pitch. Mm. 
that yeah. will get you immediately banned from me. <laughs> um, or, or asking an inappropriate question. Like I had a guy send me, you know, connect with me. And then the next question I got from him was like, what are your, the biggest challenges facing little bird marketing this year? And I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. Why yeah. would I tell you that? And I wrote back to him. I said, um, I talked with the, about those things with my business strategist, and I'm certainly not going to talk with them about someone I I literally just met, and you know they they haven't even asked me a question uh, you know that that is even remotely appropriate. Yeah, it's like walking in again to the cocktail party and saying, "Hi, hey, would anybody like to go home with me tonight?" It's just we wouldn't do it in person, you know, but people do it yeah. on social all the time. It's so disrespectful. So that's, I think, a, a big one. That's number one for me. Um, number two is not setting a timer. Listen, social media is a freaking black hole. I mean, Guy yeah. Kawasaki said it was God's gift to entrepreneurs. And I believe it because we have unprecedented access to people. Yeah. We don't have to pay someone else for it. But the reality is it will suck your time. And if you yeah. do not set a timer, and I, I say this to people all the time, and they go, yeah, 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 I, I did on there for 15 minutes. No, I mean, you have a $1,000 timer that is called a phone. Set the timer. And when the timer is done with that 15 minutes, you get off and go do something else. And in fact, I like to watch it count down 15, 14, 59, 14, 58. And, you know, that way I really know why I'm there. I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting focused on what I need to, to do out there. And I guess the last thing, let me think about something else I, I would avoid. Um, oh, I know. I, I think looking at spending the time trying to look at people's profiles and go, oh, we have this in common. Oh my gosh. I think that's such a waste. Mm -hmm. And it also feels very disingenuous. Yeah. You know, if you feel like, oh, it's a little bit uncomfortable for me to reach out to this person, but I really would like to talk with them and be connected with them. This is what I would write. Ugh, I am a little bit uncomfortable asking you this, but I really do want to connect. You know, any chance you'd like to have a you know five minute conversation and connect with me on LinkedIn? I say if you if you feel it, say it. <laughs> and people are so refreshed yeah. by that honesty that they sure. go, oh yeah, you know, and they might even write back to me and be like, I know it can be so awkward out here, but I've also met some great colleagues and great friends. So sure. Let, you know, ask me two questions and I'll answer them for you, you know, and it starts like the, the relationship and the conversation from a very genuine place. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, just don't try and um, flower up or pretty up or, or disguise what you're doing. Yeah. I think that is a real no, no on LinkedIn. Yeah. No, and I've had people contact me uh, that'll say, hey, can we set up a time to chat on the phone? And I'll say, how about if we just chat right now? You right. know, what's your right. question or what can I help mm -hmm. you with? Yes, we can chat I love that. On the, the, the platform itself, because <laughs> most people, at least I, I don't talk on the phone that often anymore. I chat right. a lot, but right. not on the phone. And so, right. you know, I'm glad to chat with somebody on LinkedIn for a couple of minutes. And I like saying, you know what, suppose we did, what would we talk about? Yeah. You tell me, oh, you know, good. and I, I feel like just yeah. being able, like it, it's your right, it's your time to be able to just poke a little bit and say, that sounds great, but what, you know, what would you like to talk about? I'd like to know going into, you know, a conversation, what the theme is, what they'd like. If they say, oh, well, I just want to pick your brain about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, I, I you know, I have an expertise, but 
you know, I don't usually just, you know, get on. That's what people pay me to do to consult. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, you know, it, I, it gives me an opportunity to reframe, you know, the actual um, the actual conversation and know what I'm getting into. And I think that that's fair. If they're going to ask you a favor to take your time, then I think you can easily say, great, what is this going to be like and, and how long will it be? So give me an example of something outside of your life in the media that has maybe helped you become such a good marketer. Okay. Well, I think this one is ubiquitous. I mean, I guess I'd ask you, Steve, are you going to go to a, you know, a used car lot this weekend? You don't need a car, mind you, but just for fun? No. No. None of us like to be sold, right? And so where I think we can draw from in marketing for all of us is that none of us like that slimy, gross salesperson, right? And maybe we're giving an unfair rap to used car sales, but probably not. (laughs) But it doesn't matter for that. Or even like some people, when you walk in a store, uh, how can I help you? You know, can I help you find something? You know, it's like, while that can be nice, reflect on your own experience as a consumer. If you don't like that kind of behavior, don't do that to other people. And so I would say what happens is that a lot of times we go live our lives as consumers and as humans, and then we walk in the door and put on our marketing hat, and then we act completely differently, and we go out and we attack people, or we do things that we wouldn't like done to ourselves. And so I think whether it's a a past career that you've had, or, you know, where you've learned how to maybe talk more conversationally about what you do, or if it's just reflect on your own humanity, how do you like to be talked to? How do you like conversations to, um, you know, emerge when you Google, you know, information, how helpful do you like the result to be? Then start being that helpful and that non-sale slimy and that non-marketing person, you know, um, you know, so I don't like receiving emails that say, hey, I'm just following up about this conversation. Where are you at with that? I, oh, my gosh, it drives me bonkers. Yeah. So I don't do that to people. And, you know, so even though sometimes as a salesperson, you know, and I have a lot of employees, so I feel the responsibility of a lot of families, you know, relying on me. And so sometimes I'm tempted to write to someone that I really want to do business with. And I want to ask them, hey, where are we at with this? But I don't do that because I don't like it. Instead... What I do, I don't ignore the fact that I need to follow up with them. Instead, I think I'm going to go spend some time. I'm going to go find something of value for this person and bring it back to the top of their Mm. list for them. But I'm not going to just do it and say, knock, knock. I'm going to say, knock, knock. Here's something I worked hard on. I think this would help you with your decision or help you with a different thing that we didn't discuss. Something that has nothing to do with me. Take me off the table. Mm -hmm. I do need to follow up with them. And I, I, I do need to be good about that. But I don't need to come and just tap people on shoulders. That drives me bonkers. Instead, bring somebody something of value, prove that you were listening to the conversation, and then people will look at you as a resource instead. So just reflect on your own humanity. What do you like? What do you not like? And just don't do those things that you absolutely despise in the real world. I love the the idea that you're going to listen first uh, instead of talking, you know, so... Uh, reacting to people's posts, I, I think sometimes we think of that as not being that important. But I think you're right. That's as, is as vital as what you post out there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, it's a little bit of that giver's mentality, too. Yeah. You know, there's enough work out there for everybody. One extra little tip you can think about is maybe you also could give within your own industry. I am going to die on the hill that is uh, collaboration is the new competition. Mm-hmm. 
I think that you should get together with other people who are at the height of their game, who are your quote unquote competitors. And I think that, of course, we're not going to give away trade secrets and we're not going to, you know, try and steal each other's clients or, or you know, we're not giving away any in the store. But I think starting important conversations with thought leaders can help not only boost your um, street cred, but it also just expands the market. And think about this just even for voiceovers. A lot of people say, oh, we can just do this voiceover. We'll just have, you know, Sally in the office do it. It's like, (laughs) you don't know this thing of which you speak. (laughs) Like, Sally cannot do this voiceover, right? It's a huge difference. But the more that you, Steve, then talk with other people who are of that same mindset and you grow the industry and you point out very helpfully why that is a bad idea to have Sally do it. Not because you're trying to knock Sally, but because you are experienced in this industry and you know that that's not a good idea. And you know, and I I can tell you that I know that it doesn't test well. Mm -hmm. So when we go do ad, you know, ad testing, you need a professional voiceover, right? So if you started conversations that were even with your competitors and you all built up the industry and really helped each other with the soup you're swimming in, it can be a real boost to your own marketing. It can be a boost to your own street cred, and it can provide the gravitas for your industry that other people may not perceive. You know, if I could add one thing, because I get contacted from people that are starting in the industry or maybe they're struggling with their marketing and they want to get together and they call me and they're like, hey, tell me what I should be doing. And that's <laughs> that's an immediate turnoff to me. Yeah, It's like, you know, this is this is my job. I'm not, my job is not doing your job. And so, but I'm a real sucker for a free coffee. So (laughs) if someone calls me and says, hey, do you have five minutes that we could, you know, meet at Starbucks? And and I'd like to ask you one or two marketing questions. That's great. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that kind of thing. And not only that, but they do have something to offer you. And I I do think that this, a very fair approach to things is I believe in the win, win, win. Okay, you win. I don't mind giving some of this expertise. What do you have? And it may not be the same thing. It may not even be related to work. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's an introduction to someone. Maybe, you know, uh, it, it could be a million things. But setting the tone for your colleagues and your relationships to understand, hey, we're in it for the best of each other. What can you bring to the table? And while some of us who are more senior, of course, we're going to be bringing more expertise. I don't mind. I don't mind bringing my level of expertise. I don't, I don't, you know, begrudge anybody for being start out, but even as a start out, they can help. I'll tell you what, I'll give you 10 minutes of, of, um, you ask me some questions about what you should do next year. And you spend 20 minutes over the next two weeks liking and commenting and and just sharing some of my posts or my podcasts or my blog or something like that with people in your sphere of influence. Doesn't cost you anything. You get the time from me. I get a little bit from you. Yes. I think that's, I think that's really smart. Yeah. Again, it goes along with your theme throughout the whole interview has been, you know, be a giver to the people that, you know, you want to work with, you know, you don't want to Mm -hmm. go too far, but, you know, offering them something right off front is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't give back, then they're not your people because I want to be in society and in community with people who are very giving and are generous and don't believe in the scarcity mode. Like, Oh, I got to hurry up and mop up all the stuff before someone gets it. No, there is so much out there. There's so much work. There's so much, you know, we can learn, but you have to be willing to actually put yourself out there and not just take. So what are you reading these days? What's, uh, what's captured your attention? 
Oh, that's so interesting. There's uh, two things that come to mind. I, I am in a pretty intense growth hacking strategy um, session with a couple of growth strategists. We're really scaling our company up right now. And we were just chatting and someone mentioned that old James Clear book, The Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh man, I haven't read that forever. And we were talking about something in there. I'm like, I don't remember that concept. So I grabbed it on Audible again and just re-listened to it. And I that was, I only disagreed with one thing, you know, toward the end of it. But, um, you know, it was just so good to revisit that idea of habit stacking. If you want to get one thing done, don't try and go for the one thing. There's something that happens six steps before the one thing you want. Start changing that, that, you know, that pattern, interrupt the pattern six steps before it, and it will lead you naturally to accomplishing the thing. I was like, man, how did I forget that? But it's inevitable. You do forget it. And then someone shared with me on our internal Slack, there's a book that kept popping up to them. I'm, I'm going to botch the title, but it's something like things you should have organized just in case you get hit by a bus. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. And I think that's so, you know, I, I, I want to go take a look at it, but, um, and I can share it with you. You can put it in the show notes for people. But, you know, I think that's a, a very good point on two things, you know, getting your life in order. I do also think it talks about like at work, making sure if something happening, like, and you're, so you're out sick for four days, you know, someone, can someone walk in and do your role because you've left amazing notes and you've, you've been kind to the next person. Um, it, you know, it also smacks of that, but also for me as an employer, I very much want to, you know, to remind my, you know, my team, hey, I know you're working hard. I know you're giving a lot here, but don't forget to get your life in order, too. And take the time, even if it takes you over a whole year, um, you know, adulting's hard. (laughs) And and we've got to take care of a lot of these things. And it's just very easy to put them off. And something as simple, and I know it's not even related on this podcast, but we're humans. It's something as simple as me reminding employees, hey, you need life insurance. You know, I know I provide some to you, but, you, you know, you need to think about, you know, how you say you know, tell your, your family that you love them, you know, after you're dead, (laughs) you know, these, these kinds of things that, you know, we can very quickly like brush, you know, past. And I I like that, that book came up and I thought, you know, that's something just as a human, that's something I could easily share. And you'd ask a lot of things about how to reach out with, you know, on LinkedIn and how do we show up as business people. But I think if we show up as humans, then people connect with us there. And it just so happens we're very good at our job and maybe they'd like to work with us. Yeah, I'd like that you bring your humanity along with you no matter what you're doing. That yeah. I love that concept. Uh, Priscilla, what's a good way for people to get a hold of you if they have questions? Well, funnily enough, I am always on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a great place to catch me. And also, because my name is a little bit more unusual, I'm not hard to find. And I actually have the unique URL LinkedIn um, with just Priscilla McKinney. Uh, so for those of you who don't know how, to, know how to spell that, it's P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A McKinney. I'm easy to get there. I'm on Twitter at Little Bird Mama, and that's Little Bird M-O-M-M-A. Um, and really, you know, I, I would just say for anybody who is a solopreneur, you know, we don't typically work with solopreneurs. We work with um, a little bit larger companies, but I did design a lot of free resources because people ask me for a lot of um, help. And on our resources page, there are a lot of things that you can download for free that can help you get that next leg up. Think a little bit about strategy and and spend your time a little bit more effectively. And maybe if you spend a little less time marketing, you'll have a little more time for your family and for your your hobbies and um, for just being that human that you are. Thank you so much for being on the show. Great information today. I, you know, Steve, thank you for having me. And I just have to say, anytime you want to just call and talk with me, please do, because your voice is like butter. (laughs) 
I'll do that. I'm like, Priscilla, you just need to pick me up. Um, I'll call you. Okay, I love it. I'm going to. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The VoiceOver Hustle with Steve O'Brien. Check out our website, thevoiceoverhustle.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, read the blog, and I'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast.